supreme faith in Nick asking me to reflect for a few minutes on Silent Night. Nick knows that I'm a retired English teacher, so um, his faith is probably not well-founded in this case. <clears throat> Seriously, it's an honor to share some thoughts on this special carol. And uh, contrary to the advice of Bob Kells just a few minutes ago, he suggested that the best way to reflect on Silent Night for me was to be silent. <clears throat> so much for good advice, eh? Silent Night is a very old hymn written in 1818, 200 years ago, by Franz Gruber, a German composer. It's often identified as one of the favorite of all Christmas carols. Thankfully, it's usually sung in the traditional way. I often think that artists like our very own Leonard Cohen must be rolling over in their grave oftentimes when they hear some of the adaptations to their creations. The setting of this carol is certainly worthy of special mention. The star of Bethlehem shines brightly on this old barn, and even though temperatures are in the 10 degrees centigrade range, we find a cozy, sleeping baby Jesus lying on a bed of straw tended to by a tired but very loving mother and Joseph. Think about this, folks. Surely our all-powerful, all-wise God would know something about the proper staging for an event such as this. I mean, he could have created a Taj Mahal, a Buckingham Palace, or even a Trump Tower for this heavenly event, but instead he chose, he chose a lonely major for the birthplace of his son and our Savior. I hope you are thinking that this humble and stark setting is the absolute perfect one in that it totally captures the life of Jesus who never focused on power, grandeur, and ostentatiousness Instead, he always presented himself as a very humble, unassuming, and simple man. In a real sense, folk, this birthplace foreshadowed what was to be. The diction of this carol is in harmony with the simplicity of the manger scene. Notice the simple words used throughout the song, silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. The focus, I thought, of the first stanza is a sleeping baby Jesus. Stillness, holiness, and peace permeate this incredible manger scene. The second stanza begins by repeating the silent night, holy night theme and moves on to some of the earthly responses to this world-changing event. Glory streams from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing hallelujah. And I think probably the most incredible of all of the earthly things that are happening is the shepherds who quake at the sight. By the way, quake means to shudder in terror and fear. 
Why? Why the fear? Perhaps this is a question that could be your homework assignment for this week. (laughs) The final stanza, actually someone added three more stanzas to the song, but I'm not even going to acknowledge them, takes us further into the godliness that fills this manger scene. The baby is the son of God. He beams love's purest light, and perhaps most importantly, he represents the dawn of redeeming grace. Surely, this redeeming grace is the very best of all the gifts that God could possibly give us. And if you weren't already burdened with homework assignments, I'd ask you to wrestle with the concept of redeeming grace that comes to all of us with the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So folks, is it any wonder that this carol, so full of reverence and humility, remains such an important part of our Christmas traditions? And when candlelight is added, the holiness of this carol takes on a whole new meaning. Thanks be to Franz Gruber and our God who inspired him to write, for me anyway, this very special carol. Thank you.